Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode number 12, and our special guest is the head coach of the Toledo Walleye, Dan Watson. Uh, Dan was also up at development camp uh, in Traverse City uh, about 10 days or so ago. So uh, without further ado, as we like to say, let's bring in Dan Watson. Dan, thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure having you on the Red and White Authority. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is a this is quite a pleasure for sure. Right. Well, Dan, I know we've talked in the past, and you've opened up my eyes about the ECHL and how it's different than, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, the NHL or even the AHL. However, uh, let's begin with uh, the affiliation that the Walleye have with the Red Wings, because when people think m minor leagues, they think of baseball where the Tigers have like four true minor league affiliates. Everybody is their property, uh, you know, they're all part of the organization. And even though Toledo is part of the Detroit organization, it's quite not as uh, complete, I guess, as fans might assume. Yeah, I think you're. I think you hit that right on the head there. I think with baseball, what happens is the Tigers sign every single baseball player and then designate them, whether it's a Triple A level here in Toledo with the Mud Hens, the Double A level, Single A level, and so on. Um, it's a little bit different where you know in hockey, uh, the Triple A level is the Grand Rapids Griffins, obviously the, the Calder Cup champions, and then you've got the Toledo Walleye, the Double A level. And what happens typically is is we have our own contract attracted players and then Detroit will uh, will send down any young prospects or anyone that they feel have a chance to wear uh, the winged wheel or a Grand Rapids Griffins jersey at some point in time so that could be anywhere from three to five players at maximum um, you know it's it's one of those things where this is a the development process at the ECHL. There's only 10 forwards dressed. There's six defensemen, so there's a ton of ice. And, and there's plenty of opportunity for young guys to come in and play the penalty kill, the power play, and top-line minutes versus sitting out uh, at the American League level. So they're gaining, you know, they're gaining that confidence and, and they're gaining that, uh, you know, the exposure of, of different situations. When a player is sent to you, whether it's, uh, well, it, w most likely it's always from Grand Rapids but when a player is sent to you uh, do you get specific um, instructions let's say from either Ryan Martin or uh, Jeff Blaschel shall we say I'll throw in the entire organization or or Todd Nelson of what this player needs to work on or do they say Dan he's you know he's not your problem I don't mean it like that but he's your player uh, assimilate him into that system yeah, I think, you know, we, we try to play very similar to Detroit or Grand Rapids. Um, I think uh, there are some differences between Jeff and Todd, um, but they're, you know, the habits are the same, uh, the message is the same, and we do the same thing down in Toledo. So I think that transition, when a player does get sent down, it's it's uh, comfortable. They can walk right in and understand the language, uh, the verbiage that we're using is the same. Um, and the message is a lot of times coming from Todd or Ryan Martin, just what the player needs to work on and continue to improve to make that next level consistently. So whether it's a call-up for three weeks, whether it's a call-up for the rest of the year to the American League, what does that guy need to do in order to be better? And then it's our job uh, to make him better, to develop him, um, to make sure he's doing the right things day in and day out, and just making sure that whether it's a young player, he's learning how to be a pro down here. This is a tough league to play in. Like I mentioned, number one, the roster size. Number two, our travel. 
you know, we're, we're on the bus, we're getting into places at 6 o'clock in the morning and having to play a 5 o'clock afternoon game. So I think there's a lot of things that these kids experience at this level that will help them get ready and be mentally tougher and physically tougher when they get to the American League. How difficult is it for you? I mean, because I know in your hockey career, uh, you played mostly in the AHL, but you did play in the ECHL. You can really relate to these players, and I think that's part of the reason why they respond to you so well. But uh, when a kid gets comes down from Grand Rapids, are they emotionally distraught shall we say do they look at it and say oh my gosh you know uh here i am you know with all due respect to with the with the toledo walleye uh where's my career going yet you seem to be able to uh, nurture these players and many of them actually talk about their stint as with the walleyes and are pretty favorable towards that yeah, I, I think it's human nature. If you're being sent down, whether it's from the NHL to the AHL, the AHL to the ECHL, there's that element of uh, you know of shock of where, you know, like you mentioned, where is my career headed? Uh, but once they walk through the doors here in Toledo, I think they see the culture. I think they realize it's a team first mentality. Uh, with team success, there's definitely individual success. And, and then, too, I, like, I've been through that. I've been through the demotion. I've been through the call-ups, the send-downs, and, and understand what they're going through, and I can relate to that. So, you know what? It's, it's getting them in here. It's, it's making sure they're, comf- they're comfortable. Uh, it's regaining confidence if that's an issue. Um, it could just be, you know, they want to get them sent down here for a weekend to get playing again. So now it's putting them in those positions to have success. And I think that's the biggest key is if you put them in positions to have success, they feel it. Whether it's getting points, whether it's shutting down a top line if you're a defenseman, whether it's getting wins as a goaltender, uh, you know, we have to make sure that when they're sent here, it's for a purpose and their purpose is to play and develop. And I think we do a good job of that, uh, balancing, you know, our own ECHL contracts and then also including the Detroit or Grand Rapids contracts against Sound. So we do have that team first mentality and, and a real good culture here that we're continuing to build. You kind of read my mind because I was wondering, did, is there at any point where there's animosity on the roster because some guys are Detroit property and some aren't? Is it a juggling act for you where you have to be fair? Everybody has to earn their ice time. I mean, regardless of what level you're at, especially at the professional level. So do you sometimes think, well, geez, I know the Red Wings might like this guy to play a little bit more, but... You know, I have better players that are getting results. Yeah, it happens. It, it certainly does happen. But at the same time, we've got a responsibility with our affiliate. And I certainly respect Detroit and everything, you know, their past history, the way they work with us. And so, you know what, there will be some times where uh, a player may step right on, the, right on the ice. And I've got to move an ECHL contract either out of the lineup or out of a power play position or not on the penalty kill or switch lines. It does happen. But in most cases, I think people at this level and players at this level understand if a guy's being sent down it's for a reason that's for him to play and get better um and typically i would say uh for the majority the players we get from grand rapids uh, are are real good players you know we had dylan sadaway for six games we had mike uh 
Mike Borkowski for six games. We had Zach Nastasiak down all year who made good strides. So I think there are players down here um, that are for a purpose. And when we, we put them in, and our guys love playing with good players. We have a lot of good hockey players here the past three years for sure. So when these guys get sent down, they know they're not just going down there to play in a third line, a second line. We typically have three scoring lines, three good lines that can play with pace. Um, so it's a great situation for all players. And, and now it's just, you know, like you said, putting them in that mix, finding the right spot for them, whether it's with a veteran, whether with it's another younger guy who's got some energy, whatever the case may be, we find that fit. When you look at this, uh, uh, the situation you're in, and I, I guess, and, you know, forgive me for, uh, until we started talking, and uh, by the way, there's a couple of uh, Toledo walleye articles that, that I wrote for DetroitRedWings.com. They're still up on the site. Uh, they're pretty insightful. Um, uh, uh, Dan talking about uh, just about the walleye and their quest. They had a record year this year. Uh, they've been a very good team for the last few seasons, two or three seasons, and they, uh, uh, you know, are maybe, I don't know if rebuilding is the proper question, but I guess uh, uh, my question is, is that when you look at this situation, and what I didn't know was, is that, as you said, you, you dress 10 forwards, meaning you really roll three lines with an extra forward. Uh, is that because it's a developmental league and that you want players at that level to get as much ice time as possible? Yeah, that's exactly it. And yeah, that's a league decision that happened a while ago. And, and if it's going to be a true development process, I think even American League teams and NHL teams and signing on uh, with ECHL teams to, to be their affiliate want their young guys to go in and experience as many situations as possible, whether it's you know the last minute of a period, the special teams play, the, the important five-on-five five situations, or six-on-five, five versus six. Those guys need to go through those experiences, which they probably did at college or major junior um, or over in Europe. I think it's one of those things that when these guys come to Toledo, um, the 10 forwards is the biggest adjustment. When they get sent down from the American League, whether they weren't in the lineup are playing minimum uh, role in the fourth or third line. Now they come down here and they're expected to play probably 20, upwards of 20 minutes, if not more, depending on the game. You know, that's the first thing they, they say is, when? What a, what a role here? What a job you guys have to do in terms of finding this ice time and being able to to get through the amount of ice time these kids have to play and that's the first adjustment the kids have to do especially forwards when they get sent down and they get adjusted to it pretty quickly most of them are in very good condition so um in terms of development that's the reason why there's 10 forwards only it, it's it's to get these kids into situations uh that maybe they won't see in the american league but now it gives them confidence when they go back up when they, uh, you mentioned Zach Nastasiak, a number one draft choice by the Red Wings. Uh, very high hopes for him. Uh, I know we've talked about him in the past. Uh, Red Wing fans very interested to see where Zach is because when he was drafted, there was uh, real high expectations. You've said he's made strides this year. Could you talk about uh, his game a little bit? Yeah, Zach is Zach's at his best when he's moving his feet. Uh, he's using his big frame and big stick, and he's getting to the net. You know, when he's physical, when he's finishing his checks, using his body the right way, when he's protecting pucks down low around the net and getting to the net hard. 
um, when he's skating and, and getting in on the forecheck and getting back on the back check, that's when he's effective. Um, you know, when he's not effective is when he starts to, you know, widen his stance and not move his feet, trying to look for plays and make plays. When he's aggressive, when he's tenacious, that's when he's at his best. And, and through video, I, 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 give Zach a ton of credit for coming in all the time and asking to watch his shifts. Where can I get better? Where can I become more consistent? When he's consistently doing those skills that I mentioned, uh, you know, he can play in the American League. Now it's just him making sure he understands that and, and doing it on a consistent basis. And I know right now, um, you know, he's dedicated this offseason to nutrition, to working out, to making sure he gets stronger, making sure he gets faster. And then hopefully he has a great camp this year. You know, I've got high hopes for him and big expectations, probably much like Detroit. Um, and, and hopefully he can stick in the American League full time this year. Uh, another player I wanted to ask you about, and we talked about him briefly up in Traverse City, um, and, and that is Jake Patterson, uh, the goaltender who was not offered a contract by Detroit. I know that he was up for ECHA, uh, ECHL Goalie of the Year. Um, he, 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 he had a stint there. I, I don't know if he played 50 straight games for you when Heater went down with an injury. Uh, but it almost seems when I look at the six goalies that were in camp and then you throw in uh, Corot and Mrazak and uh, and Jimmy Howard into the mix. That it, it almost seemed that it was kind of a numbers game with uh, Jake. Yeah, it probably was. You know, it's one of those things where um, you know Detroit's belief is that they want two quality goaltenders at the American League level with experience. Uh, you know, and, and obviously that showed with with the Calder Cup win and having two quality goaltenders. Not saying Jake's not a quality goaltender. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because he certainly he certainly proved his worth and his keep this season. Um, it's an organizational decision. Uh, I think, uh, you know, out of respect for Jake as well, it offers him an opportunity to maybe go somewhere where he can be an American League backup for a season, uh, prove that he is American League worthy, and, and go from there. So I think Detroit, uh, you know, obviously going to that development camp, seeing Machowski, who they signed as well, uh, getting Tommy McCollum back, Jared Carroll winning a Calder Cup. You've got uh, Jimmy and Peter in Detroit. I think the goaltending situation right now is very good. It's it's, it's probably a tough one to handle, and and uh, I know Jeff will do a great job with that. I know Todd will do a great job with that as well. Um, so depending on who we get, I'm excited to see who the number five and potential number six goaltender is who will filter down to Toledo. One thing I think that fans aren't aware of, or you know maybe some are, is that uh, Jake Patterson did a lot for you uh, and for the Toledo Walleye. So when he is not offered a contract. Uh, I would imagine a guy like you, Dan Watson, would do everything in his power to help him out any way you can. Absolutely. If there is anything, anything that we could do in terms of you know, taking phone calls, uh, you know, giving scouting reports to other teams who are interested in Jake, that's something we're, you know, we would do in a positive way. I'd love to see Jake succeed. Uh, he's such a hard worker. Uh, you know, he he comes to the arena every single day like a pro. He wants to get better. Uh, he wants to learn, and, and those are the kind of guys you want to see succeed. And so for me me, you know, I was spoiled having him for that stretch of games when Heater was up in the American League, and he played extremely well. I think that's when his growth really began. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if he can get an American League contract, another NHL contract, I would do everything in my power to help him out. When uh, Let's look at the walleye very, very quickly, because then we'll get into the development camp. But uh, 
you had a record year. You were the best team in the East Coast League, or the ECHL, I guess now officially as it's known. Uh, you set many, many walleye records. Uh, you lost to the eventual Turner Cup champion, uh, uh, the Colorado team, uh, in the Western Conference Final. And, you know, you had epic overtime games. I mean, it was just a, a great Western Conference Final. Yet you find yourself, as we talked about uh, before, because of your success... You're at a point now where I know you've offered eight players. Um, I, I guess it's a qualifying offers, or I'm not quite sure I understand that, but uh, eight players that you've offered contracts to, and I guess you have till the end of August to sign them or they uh, become unrestricted free agents. You've had guys sign with other teams, guys go to Europe. Uh, certainly, is it fair to say that the walleye might be in flux this year? Yeah, I think we're going to go through a little roster turnover, which I'm actually excited about. You know, we've had the same group of guys here for at least two, if not three years, which is a long time in the ECHL. And we want to make sure guys, you know, they're comfortable, but they're but they still here for the right reasons. They're still in Toledo to win that championship, to play for the walleye. And, and uh, you know, with the success we've had now in the last couple of years, there's going to be several offers from Europe for our guys. Some guys have, have hit the point where is it retirement, is it, time to find a job uh, or is it continue playing and and so um, you know I, I'm excited about building a team again uh, we have to make sure that we keep the right guys uh, in our locker room to continue the culture and maintain what we've had and then build on it um, so this is this is a fun time of year for me in the recruiting process uh, and, and I'm enjoying it thoroughly now with those eight qualifying offers you mentioned basically it's it's a five percent raise off of what they made last year and I keep their rights uh, you know throughout the entire season whether they sign with me or not in August uh, you know that that's up to them um, you know and, and we'll go from there but those are guys even the Spink brothers I qualified they went over to Sweden you never know what can happen over in Europe so if they needed to come back to North America I would have their rights and they would have to come back to Toledo so there's different reasons why you qualify a player. And, uh, you know, there's obviously eight players who I feel can help us win on every single night. And, and whether we sign them all or whether it's only three or four, um, you know, that's, uh, that's to be determined. But, again, it's eight guys who we can keep their rights for a full season. When you look at, that, at how the team is going to shape up, you have a beautiful building that you play in, nice rink. Uh, you have a, a real hardcore and loyal fan base. Uh, I, I would imagine that, and being affiliated with the Red Wings certainly helps, but I, I would imagine that Toledo is not too tough of a sell to a potential player. Yeah, it's an attractive place for sure, for all the reasons you mentioned. And then, you know what, we we provide the players with all the resources necessary to be successful and necessary to win. And that's part of our organization's job. That's something they've dedicated themselves to over the past eight seasons is finding ways, uh, you know, to, to let these players and help these players become the best versions of themselves. And, and we do a real good job with that. And so I think the word spreads, you know, word of mouth through player from player. There, there's a lot of guys in this league that have played with each other at some point in time and and it's amazing the phone calls we feel that that even it's a player who we had here that we needed to trade that spoke extremely highly of Toledo and and now now one of their buddies or one of their former teammates wants to come and play in Toledo so um, regardless of the situation this is a phenomenal place again the fan base uh, I have to believe it's the best 
in the ECHL, uh, bar none. And then, you know, just the building itself, the way the Huntington Center, uh, the upkeep, uh, the professionalism, I think, uh, you know, it is, again, the best place in the ECHL to play in, in terms of building as well. So we're very spoiled. Uh, we don't take anything for granted, and, and we want to make sure that when players come here, they're getting the attention they deserve, uh, the development they deserve, and, and then the winning part as well. How much contact do you have with Detroit now as you're trying to build your roster? Obviously, as, you, as you've stated, you have your own players under contract, and then depending on the situation, maybe four to six Red Wing prospects could be on your roster at any given time. Uh, uh, are, are you in contact? I, I would imagine that if Detroit sees a player that they like, they may turn you on to him. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Martin and myself, whether it's through text message, through phone call, we'll be getting together here uh, very shortly uh, to try and figure out if there's any players that would be great depth for Grand Rapids that may have to start in Toledo. And we'll go we'll go uh, off of a list that their scouts have created, that we've created, that I've created, uh, maybe through agents. Uh, I've contacted Ryan as well to see if there's possibilities. Um, and then obviously just knowing Grand Rapids' depth chart, whether that's through Todd or Ben Simon, uh, you know, we'll make sure that uh, the players that come to Toledo or have the opportunity to get to Grand Rapids are going to be a right fit for both teams. So it's an ongoing process. It's never-ending. Uh, but, it, again, it's, it's one that's uh, very enjoyable. And just to sum up um, the walleye uh, for the fans out there, and obviously you have uh, – Red Wing fans who have told me, uh, quite a few actually, that they, they love going down to Toledo to watch the walleye play. Uh, they kind of make the circuit. Detroit, Toledo, Grand Rapids, which everything is really pretty much within driving distance. So um, how do you think the team is going to shape up? Or is this an unfair question at this point? You really won't know till you get everybody on the ice uh, for the first uh, day of training camp. Well, let's just say I like where we're at. I think we're going to be a little bit different than last year. I think we're going to be bigger. Uh, stronger, but one thing I don't want to give up is our ability to move pucks and, and play with pace. And I know there's a lot of coaches and, and hockey talk, play with pace, play with pace. I want to make sure we can get up and down the ice, uh, forechecking, backchecking, transition. I don't want to give that uh, identity up at all. And then just puck movers. You know, our defensemen need to be able to move pucks. Our fours need to be able to distribute and get up the ice clean. So those two identities I didn't want to give up. We've been a very fast team uh, the last couple years. So maybe we're giving up a little bit of foot speed, but now uh, running into a hot Colorado team like we did last year, seeing how they were made um, to win a championship, it's something that you know we looked into, and, and we're going to try and retool a little bit to look like that as well. Dan, let's move to uh, uh, the uh, development camp. I saw you up there. You were on the ice with uh, all the prospects. Uh, it was a large camp. There were almost 50 players on the ice. I know they were uh, split up into two different teams, Team Cromwell and Team Zetterberg. Uh, your impressions of development camp, and I know that you've attended uh, development camps before uh, in the Detroit system, but this was the first year Sean Horkoff, the uh, new director of player uh, um, uh, development, uh, ran this camp. 
yeah, you know, it was, it was a great experience. Again, I love going up to Traverse City. I think, you know, the volunteers do a phenomenal job of helping the young kids, helping the staff uh, on a day-to-day basis. And then, uh, you know, just you can see how much this town thrives. The Cherry Festival is going on. What a great spot and what a great opportunity for these young kids to see, you know, what the Detroit Red Wings are all about. And I think, you know, Sean summed it up best. It's not an evaluation camp. It's an educational camp. Let's show these young kids what it takes to become a professional, how hard it is to make the NHL, and then just the day-to-day grind, getting to the gym, making sure you're working on your skills. There's always something to improve, and I think that's a message that uh, the staff really try to hammer into these kids is that there's always something uh, better to, to do, and someone out there is also doing that same thing. So you want to make sure you're getting after it through the summertime and, and heading into uh, the season. So uh, these young guys got a, you know five days full of information, um, you know, and hopefully they can take enough out of it to go back and become better players for this upcoming season. But again, what a what a thrill for myself, for Andy Delmore, my assistant, to be on the ice with these young kids and, and to learn from the coaching staff and, and to hopefully help these kids get better. When you were uh, up there, I, I don't know if, if this um, was uh, if this came across to you as, as much as to me. Regardless if these players were high draft picks or camp invitees or they were from Canada or the United States or, or Europe, the one thing that sort of came out of all their mouths was they were stunned at how poorly they eat. That nutrition was a big, big part of it, and you know because they're you know at this point now they're they're basically becoming professional athletes, and you know they they, they try to take care of their body. They're conscious of it. They know the competition is fierce uh, when you get to this level. Yet all of them were stunned that they're not eating properly. Well, you know what? It's it's amazing that uh, you know you come from a junior uh, program where you know they have the full time strength and conditioning coaches, but they don't have a full time nutritionist. Nutritionalist, and so I think Detroit exposes them to this. Uh, you know, Lisa McDowell does a great job providing them with the breakfast and the lunches that they need, and they also go to a, you know information uh, sessions at night. Uh, they did a cooking class one night to to learn the proper way to cook food. Um, you couldn't believe how many guys, even at our level, call, uh, you know, hey, I've got food poisoning from cooking chicken wrong or <laughs> something to that nature. It's unbelievable. So I think that's a huge part of just becoming a pro and learning how to live on your own. A lot of these guys are going to be living on their own uh, for the first time. They're coming out of, uh, you know, um, uh, they live with a billet family during junior. They live with maybe, uh, you know, four or five guys at college in a big house and, and they're cooking their chicken and pasta, but now they're living on their own or with one other teammate. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, the way the game's growing and, and all the different diets that are that are out there now, uh, you know, I think they really do. Detroit does a really good job of providing enough information that's going to make them healthy and make them, uh, you know, the best for competition. Uh, Tyler Wright, the Red Wings Director of Amateur Scouting, said that um, the, the edict this year was for the Red Wings to draft defensemen. And he it just sort, sort of happened to fall into place uh, that there was a lot of defensemen they liked from, uh, from pick like 30 to 100. And they had, I don't know, six picks or something within that time frame. Um, uh, but... Uh, there were a lot of defensemen on the ice. There were, I think, 19 at this camp. Your former defenseman, uh, was, did you spend time with 
primarily the defensemen, or did you kind of mix your time between forwards and defensemen? I know that you know the goalies have their own their own situation, their own coaching staff. What was uh, development camp like for you? Well, it's it's nice as as the Toledo coach. You know, we get to kind of bounce back and forth, and and I was primarily with the forwards during their skill sessions. Uh, Andy Delmore went with the defensemen, but then when practice, when you incorporate the entire team, it was Team Zetterberg and Team Cronwall. When you put those two teams on the ice, now you get to interact with the defensemen and see their skill sets and how they understand drills and their timing and do they pass it like a pro? Do they shoot it like a pro? And so I got to see some of these young defensemen firsthand and. And what a treat. I mean, obviously, I know Vili Seriarvi. Just he played some games with us down here in Toledo uh, a couple years ago. Uh, the way he skates, the way he sees the guys, you know, he reminds me, you know, actually I don't like to compare players, but I can just see his growth over the past year. And same with Philip Ronick. Uh, another young defenseman who I know uh, there's big expectations for him as well. But again, another puck-moving, good skating defenseman who sees the ice extremely well. He's going to be valuable to that Grand Rapids team. Um, and then, you know what, a growth from, uh, from Dennis Chalowski. Just seeing the mass he put on from one year to another. So these development camps are great for me because I get to see what these kids went and did for the past year now how they show up to development camp again and you can see how prepared they are for that second time around and that's what i like to see and then obviously you know some free agent guys patrick mccarran who uh, grand rapids signed and was with grand rapids at the end of the year you can see how he comes in he's a big body a big boy uh but just the presence he has out there and then two guys i was interested in because they were free agents unavailable or alex peters and evan fiala both had great development camps one is going to go to CIS one's going to go back to junior for his overage year, but it allows me to see players like that. So, um, you know, I enjoy being out there uh, and seeing these young kids develop, but especially the ones that come back year after year. Now, I think you just said something that was interesting. You know, certainly every one of them has aspirations that they're going to play in Detroit someday, or at least in the NHL. I mean, and uh, yet. You have to look at it. You know the realities of, uh, of professional hockey. Uh, do you look at some of these players, as you just said, there were a couple that you knew were free agents that you were checking out, for Toledo, or do you talk to Ryan Martin and the Detroit staff and say, well, you know, he has, needs a little bit more seasoning, so maybe this is somebody we look at at the future. We might be interested in even offering him a contract, a Toledo contract. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would go through Detroit in these situations. This is a Detroit camp. It's not a Toledo camp by any means. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sometimes it's kind of funny. I call myself the Grim Reaper when I show up at these camps, any ECHL coach, because these players, they want to say hi, but they don't want to say hi. Uh, <laughs> they want to be in Detroit. They want to be in Grand Rapids at the American level just because they don't know enough about the ECHL. Uh, the league has grown leaps and bounds even over the past five years to 10 years and it's an extremely good league with very very good players and I think there's still you know there's still that stigma of the ECHL everyone wants to be in the AHL and, and so for these young kids they want to talk to the Todd Nelsons the Jeff Blashels, the Ryan Martins the Ken Hollins uh, Chris Drapers they want to talk to those guys uh, about their situation so I let them handle that part of it but at the end of the day like you said pro hockey is so hard to get into that some of these young kids may have to start in Toledo so it's an opportunity for Ryan to sell Toledo to sell Grand Rapids and then you know and then the contract talks go from there uh, 
anything about the goalies impress you, or did you spend much time with them? I mean, the the, the scrimmage, I thought every goalie performed well, and so it, uh, uh, as you said earlier, it, it appears that Detroit has a, a little bit of a pipeline with the goaltending position. Yeah, no, they do. Obviously, I was watching Machowski uh, quite a bit, because as of today, if he were to start, and, and you put a pencil to paper right now and ranking the goaltenders just by, but just by, uh, you know, sheer veterans and 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 playing experience i think he would have to be the number five uh, but you know how camp goes there's a ton of things that can happen injuries and such so um i was watching him quite closely as he, he could be a potential toledo goaltender and i like the way he plays just his compete level his maturity already um but i can tell you one thing these goaltenders stood head and shoulders above me they're extremely big in the net, and even I had the opportunity to warm them up at times and shoot pucks at them. There aren't too many holes, I can tell you that right now. But these young goaltenders, they're they're just sponges. You know, Jeff Salego was out there, and and uh, Brian Mahoney Wilson was out there as well, as well as a couple guest coaches. So um, they're just soaking up the information, doing all their drills. Uh, it was great to see them work, and uh, you know, it, it was nice to see their their pre practice efforts during the scrimmages and the practices they don't want to be scored on at any point in time during this camp and and you could see that desire from them from all six of them that were there all right I, a couple more questions uh dan and then i know i know we have to let you go because you're yeah i know you're probably busy looking scouring the world for players at this point but uh, uh i i i want to ask you a little bit about michael rasmussen he didn't par- participate the number one pick for the for the red wings ninth overall uh, yet I did, I did see him do the hand cord, uh, hand-eye coordination of the tip drills in front of the net, and uh, Detroit said he had a net, net presence. Uh, uh, he, uh, he looked kind of impressive. Granted, it was, you know, there was no competition really going on, but he seems to have a pretty good skill set. Uh, if you could comment uh, about Rasmus maybe a little bit, and maybe a couple of other of the younger forwards that, uh, that might have stood out to you. Yeah, you know what, uh, Rasmussen definitely stood out, and and this is a kid who hasn't been on the ice in almost six months. Right. So for him to get out there, jump on, and his hand-eye coordination, the way you know he moves the puck, he shoots the puck extremely fast and extremely hard. It's very heavy, and it gets off his stick very quick. Um, you know, you can see why he was a first-round draft choice. Uh, just his sheer size, but the way he can still move around the ice. You know, I was I was really impressed with the way he came out there because I don't know, you know, at day one or before camp if he was even going to touch the ice. And he really wanted to, and it was great to see him out there and, and to see his abilities. And those aren't even his full abilities. This is a, you know, a five-day camp where guys haven't been on the ice for a while. So to see him do that, I was very impressed. Um, some of the other guys that were out there that that I, you know, I wanted to see was Dominic Shine. You know, here's mm-hmm. a guy who signed with Grand Rapids at the end of the year uh, out of college, uh, and he came out there and he was one of the leaders right off the hop. Uh, just his skill set, the way he skates, the way he competes, the way uh, his details are and his habits already. You can see he's going to be a good pro hockey player. Um, you know, and then Dylan Sadaway, we had for six games. I wanted to see him again, uh, just to see his progression and and uh, you know his commitment 
to his off-ice conditioning through this summertime. He looked good at camp. And then Giovanni Smith, you know, mm-hmm. a big second-round player who, you know, I know they've got expectations for him to come in and, and eventually become a Detroit Red Wing. So just to see his progressions as well over the course of a year. Um, he's a big guy. Same thing almost with Zach. He needs to use his body. He needs to be physical, in-your-face type of a player. Move your feet, and that's going to create space for others. So when he does that, you know, he's going to be real effective. So a few guys right there that I noticed uh, that looked real good to me and, and have uh, have good upside. I know you're going to be up in Traverse City for a training camp when that starts. I think you're, you're going to be at the Prospects Tournament too, I believe, right? Yes, yep, I'll be there uh, from, from day one all the way uh, until the exhibition game start with the NHL teams. Up until that point, uh, what is Dan Watson's life going to be like? Are you going to get a little bit of R&R, or are you, as I just said, scouring the world for players? Yeah, we take one family vacation for a week just uh, right on Lake Michigan over near uh, St. Joseph's. It's called Harvard, Michigan. We're going to do that here uh, next week, actually. We'll leave tomorrow morning. But uh, even during that time, my phone's not turned off. You you can't miss a phone call. There's opportunities that you can't miss. And if it's an agent, if it's a player, you want to make sure you're continuing to touch base with these guys that you're trying to recruit. So uh, a lot of phone conversations, a lot of texting going on and emailing. But, um, you know, from now until... The beginning of September is a lot of family time, which I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, and then just uh, the regular hockey duties, putting a hockey team together and to have another successful walleye season. Dan Watson, head coach of the Toledo Walleye. Uh, you're one of the uh, up-and-coming coaches in, in all of professional hockey. I know that you have a, uh, a bond with the city of Toledo. Uh, you're doing an excellent job. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking time out of your day, Dan, and uh, best of luck, and we'll see you in Traverse City. All right, Art, thanks very much.